Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I can tell you, Judd, the Vikings have done pretty good homework on some of these middle-tier quarterbacks. Maybe even some of the upper echelon ones, too. But good. I don't think they're landing one of the upper echelon ones. But they have seven picks between mm-hmm. pick 78 and and pick 157, why can't they take a quarterback somewhere among those seven picks? They can. I think it, I think it's a distinct possibility. So whether it's Mond, Kyle Trask of Florida is another name that the Vikings have done a good amount of homework on, Ian Book of Notre Dame. There's a bunch of guys, Jamie Newman, who played at Wake Forest. I'm just saying, don't dismiss the possibility. The Vikings haven't done it very often, you know, with Rick Spielman in charge. I guess it would have been Teddy in 2014. Nate Stanley last year in the seventh round when the Vikings had a million picks, 15 picks or whatever it was. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly shocked if the Vikings went quarterback in the middle rounds this year. (laughs) Reckless speculation. Yes, the vaccine isn't the only needle in my veins today, gentlemen. Reckless speculation. That's the other needle. That's it's, it's, I've got needles in both arms today. It's great. What a great thing. Right here. What a great thing. Uh, Reckless Speculation Thursday is usually reserved exclusively, the brand exclusively, for Mackie and Judd on Thursdays. It's a lifestyle on Purple Daily, but I think today, so that was from from Mackie and Judd, a little bonus scoop yesterday. Welcome to Purple Daily, everybody. I think with some of the stuff that Judd threw out and write that down with some of the rumors that are floating around about the number four pick being open for business, boys... Speculation. I think we need to do a little little reckless speculating between friends. What do you what do you say? What do you say? I'm, okay. I'm usually not comfortable with this. Like I don't like I consider myself a true professional, so I don't really like <laughs> to do this. But I guess in this case I will make an, an exception. It's opening day. I'm in a really good mood. Yeah, you know what? Let's go to let's do it just this once, okay? Like, let's not make this a habit where we're recklessly speculating almost every day of the show. We wouldn't Actually, want to do that. And here's the best part about my day so far. Declan sends me a text and he goes, hey, turn turn your button bar up a little bit. I'm like, wait, you want me to turn the volume up on Reckless Speculation? Oh, my God. Reckless Speculation. Oh, turn yeah, that's coming in hot. That's God. coming in hot. <laughs> um, and by the way, Purple Daily presented by our friends at TCL TVs. Enjoy more of what you love at TCL. Maybe some, by the way, if you're watching us on a TCL TV, if you're watching us on YouTube, Send us a little, little screenshot so we can send some love to 
our presenting sponsor. And before we dive in, Federated is here, too, to help local business owners in the state of Minnesota. They've been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna. They are one of us. They are Minnesota sports fans as well. They've supported many of the local sports teams in the Twin Cities. And they've been, like I said, supporting business owners for a very long time. They have tools and resources that can give you risk management, peace of mind, and that can help take your business to whatever that maximum level is. So find out more about what what Federated does for businesses in the Twin Cities and find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Reckless speculation. All right. So, Judd, I just want to I want to tee this up to you and ask you when you predicted on write that down yesterday that the Vikings would it was kind of a two part prediction, either this or the Vikings would trade up themselves to number four. Yes. What percentage of that is you just having some let's have a little fun on write that down versus now you actually think that this could be a discussion taking place behind closed doors? Oh, no, I would say it's probably I'd probably say 85 percent fun. Uh, because, but I mean, there there's a credible. So you're telling me there's a, there's a chance. chance, and there are credible reports that I don't know if they originated with Schefter last week, uh, but he certainly had it that the Falcons are actively shopping this pick. Like they are getting phone calls. This pick is being mm-hmm. this pick is being shopped. So it's not like uh, I picked a random team and thought, oh, but may perhaps the Vikings will trade there. Um, with their need at left tackle, with their the, the other thing I keep coming back to, and, and I can't decide on this yet, but given what they're doing defensively, Phil, the other thing I keep coming back to is would they make would they make what could be construed as a reckless trade right now? Because if you're Spielman and Zim, you don't really have a lot of future here for sure, right? Like nothing's guaranteed. If, if you win eight games, you're probably fired. So, like, how much are you going to be fixated on? We can't give up our 2023 first-round pick because we'll lose that pick. Well, if you're not going to lose that pick, right, uh, it might make sense to say, yeah, this seems like uh, this seems like too much right now, but we have to win immediately. And that comes back to the most important thing left, which is for all of the defensive needs and for all of the needs that the Vikings have filled and for all that they feel that their offense is in good shape, they still right now have no left side of an offensive line. So something has to give there. Like you you can't you can't just chance that one. And I don't think anyone in Egan is crazy enough to say, go to Dozier. I mean, we did see improvement. No, you didn't. So I think if you put all I think if you put the whole stew together and not really being able to tell exactly what the Vikings' intentions are yet. It makes some sense that they would make what could be considered um, a reckless deal now because they know that if it works, it probably saves a lot of people. It it only makes sense to me for the, like I think there is a planet in which it makes sense for a quarterback. But if it's the number four pick and you and you're ninety nine percent sure that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, you'd have to feel so good about whoever the fourth quarterback is going to be, whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, maybe it's Mac Jones. And I just don't think the way the Vikings have operated this entire offseason and the way that they have clearly committed to Kirk uh, contractually and the money that he's going to be guaranteed for the next two seasons, I don't think they would trade up for a quarterback anymore. But I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to say you know, they would never do it. But I th- I'm 99% sure that they would only trade up for a left tackle, for probably for Panay Sewell. Yes. 
So if like if this is at all a conversation, it would be moving up from 14 to 4. And I want to throw this out there just to give us a little something to chew on with this hypothetical. Without spoiling the Peter Schrager mock, which, by the way, came out this morning, and we will midweek mock with Peter Schrager, his one point. Now, he, now he waits until April and I hope to, put the, to put the 1.0 out. Good for him. I hope he didn't copy. Yeah, he did plagiarize Randy and Cottage Grove one that was a big, four years ago. That became a real problem, a sticking point, if okay. you will. Yeah, they, they got into a fight on Twitter. It was, it was really bad. Uh, but let's just say that I won't tell you the team, but Peter Schrager has a team moving up to the fourth overall pick. And let's just say that team is in the Vikings range. Maybe it's even the Vikings. I'm not going to tell okay. you until we get to the actual mock. Okay. okay? But, he, but he, ha- he has a team moving up from the Vikings range up to four, and he has the price that it took them to move up oh, in nice. this mock. Nice. Cool. So, and so, that, so he does the work. I was Googling uh, NFL draft value charts so that we could do this, but Peter took care of this for us, the San Francisco, which is very helpful. The, the San Fran trade between uh, them and the Dolphins two weeks back probably gives you a pretty good blueprint, right? It's pretty close. Yep. Like three, this, fir- three first round picks, I think, and a couple more. So this is a little less than that. Okay. Because you're moving up for it's not quite as right. you know, number two pick is on a different level than number four pick, but but it would cost this year's first and second, mm-hmm. which the Vikings don't have a second, by the way. Yeah. So I guess I just spoiled that part yeah, of the You mind. just ruined it for all Thanks. And Phil. next year's first and third. So for the Vikings purposes, let's say because they don't have a second this year, let's say it's this year's first and two thirds. And next year's first and a third. Okay. Would you consider giving up first, first, and three thirds over the next two years to go from 14 to four to draft what may be a left tackle for the next 10 years? Well, here's where I would. Personally, I probably wouldn't. But here's where where I think that there's a case to be made that they might. Their job security and the lack thereof. And the fact, I mean, at, at some point in time, you have to find a left tackle or left guard or both, but probably preferably a left tackle who you really trust, who you think is really good. Uh, or I'm fired. Like, I can't say that clearly enough. They are they are entering a season where if you win seven, eight games, heck, if you win nine games, there's no guarantee, right? So personally, if I had security, I would not make that trade. But if it was me with, hey, Win now, and your left tackle is with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I think you'd consider it. Yes, and and the key the key also is, I think you're probably convinced that you have to get to pick four because I think that it's probably a very good bet that the Bengals at five are going to take Sewell. So it's no joke. Like you can't get to hey, I got to seven. No, that's not going to work. So I would I, I'll throw this other one in the mix because we've been talking about it for a month and a half, but I would probably rather trade for Orlando Brown Jr. for a couple different reasons because I think it would cost you less draft. I don't think you're giving up two firsts and a bunch of thirds to get a guy with one year left in his contract. Uh, now, there there are presumably multiple suitors, and so I don't think you're just going to get him for a second-round or third-round pick. Mike doesn't have a second-round pick. I, like, you're going to you're gonna have to pay something to get what could be a 25-year-old franchise left tackle, right? Right. Um, I think the question there would be, let's take – the, the the Peter Schrager price tag of two firsts and then you know a second and a couple of thirds to get 
a rookie scale contract franchise left tackle, and that would be the benefit, right? You would be paying extra draft capital essentially to to ensure that you've got a franchise left tackle on a rookie scale contract for five years. Exactly. Five years, like he would be twenty six years old or whatever by the time you pay him big money, and you could. There's certain positions, elite edge rusher, quarterback. Even even in today's NFL, a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson and a left tackle, if you get those guys and they are elite and they are you know top five or ten at their position and they're making no money for the first five years, that is super valuable. Yep. In the case of Orlando Brown Jr., you'd get him for like three million dollars on this year's cap, and so you'd you'd be able to fit him into this year's team in a win now season, and then you'd have to give him a contract extension for 2022 and beyond, and and now you, and then Brian O'Neill's up for a contract, so you'd have to pay those guys. I would rather do that personally, give up less draft capital. Maybe I have to give up a first-round pick, and then I get Baltimore's second-round pick back or something. I think you're giving up less draft capital. Mm -hmm. And then I would worry about the salary cap ramifications in 2022. And if that means that, listen, hey, we got to pay a left tackle, a right tackle, Daniil Hunter. We got Dalvin Cook under contract. Kirk Cousins, sorry, man. Like, you're just (laughs) – we got to say goodbye at this point because we've got all these other pieces around, and we could we have to go and bring in a rookie quarterback. I would lean toward Orlando Brown Jr. over trading up to number four. I agree with the the philosophy there, player wise, and why. But the cap thing, like it's it sounds good, but I don't know that they will do that, and I don't know that you can pay. Like the one thing is, if Zim didn't want, and he does, the investment that he desires on defense. I think it would be pretty simple to say we'll pay our quarterback and our tackles and we'll pay our 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 receivers eventually and Dalvin Cook as well. But like look at what the head coach wants as far as investments in defense and they're pretty substantial and they're pretty across the board. So at some point in time if you're going to pay like the Vikings do on defense to keep guys at some point you're going to have to come to a position that that is um, a prime position to get paid where you get that guy, hopefully a good player, quote unquote, on the cheap. And this all look, this is the perfect time to point out again that a year ago on Purple Daily on this show, how many times do we talk about the Dalvin Cook decision? And this is exactly why you are now paying and he's really good. Not saying he's not OK, but you are now paying a running back a lot. That's got to come from somewhere. That has to. So that's where that's where you have to find a way to get at least one or two guys who you really like, who for a extended period of time you don't have to pay a ton to. That goes back to the draft. I just don't. I don't see how the Vikings can throw throw money around like they do at certain positions, and then be like, "Well, we'll pay Hunter, and we'll pay." Uh, the left tackle, and we'll pay the right tackle, and we'll pay Cook, and we'll eventually pay Jefferson. Like, that just runs out. Yeah, I mean, there are some guys that are just going to naturally come off the books in the next couple of years. I mean, Adam Thielen might come off the book, at least for that money. Adam Thielen might come down. Harrison Smith is amazing. Harrison Smith might come off the books in a year or two. He's 32 years old. Declan, what, where, where are you at with this? Are you, would, would you, would you, tra- let's say we're talking about a trade up to four for Sewell mm-hmm. or give up less for Orlando Brown Jr., but you have to start to pay him a ton of money in 2022. I would or, rather... Or, or door three, whatever yeah. whatever that may be. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, well, door three would be getting Zach Wilson. Uh, that'd be door three, but I'm not going <laughs> to go down that path right now. 
However, uh, I'm more in I'm more in the market of trading for Orlando Brown Jr. because I just think putting that much not pressure, but if you're trading up for Sewell and you're giving up this year's first or you're giving up next year's first and multiple draft picks, if you have another seven and nine season and you miss the playoffs, you're on the cusp. It's going to be hard then to also retool and reload the next year. Like, I'd rather just say, you know what? I know who Orlando Brown Jr. is. I think at worst, he's probably at O'Reilly Reef, average to slightly above average tackle, who might make a little bit more money than he should, but he's, but he's, a, he's a competent average tackle, right? I'd rather do that because if, if you're moving up to four for Sewell, and if, and if you just do not go 11 and six, whatever the hell our new records are with the 17 game season, it puts added more pressure and, and puts you in deeper in a hole for future seasons. And I just don't think the Vikings should be in the market to be doing a trade like that necessarily. Now, door number three, I think there's probably a lot of people shouting like, well, why, why, why is this like a binary decision? You either have to give up a haul for the fourth pick or a haul for Orlando Brown Jr. Well, we're just this is just a little reckless speculation among friends. We're saying if they were to make a big splash, where where might they do it? I think a lot of people are going to say you, you just sort of cross your fingers and hope that the first seven or eight picks in the draft are quarterbacks and wide receivers and Kyle Pitts. And that gives you some options. Maybe Sewell goes toward the bottom end of the top 10, but then maybe Rashawn Slater falls to 14. That that's how you fix your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we could be sitting here speculating on how do the Vikings fix their offensive line with the 14th pick or trading up, and they might be thinking, oh, we're for sure drafting defense in the first round because that's that's the path that we're on this offseason. We don't know. But let me let me pose another scenario for you guys. So we've been we've done a couple of these mock draft simulations through the draftnetwork.com and and one of them was trading up to number 4 yesterday if you missed that just to to spark this discussion but in both of those cases if i remember correctly one of the top 5 quarterbacks or more has fallen to the 14th pick and i feel like we've we've sort of moved past that i think the last time we really talked about the vikings potentially drafting a quarterback was like november or december when you know, Kirk hadn't finished off his great run after the the bye week yet, right? And it was still very much a discussion of would they would they move on and draft a quarterback? And then when it became obvious that the top five quarterbacks maybe will all go in the top ten, it was like, all right, well, yeah, you can just completely put this conversation to bed. But what if you're sitting there on draft day and you're sitting at fourteen and you're just minding your own business and you got your list of edge rushers and you got your list of offensive linemen and you're hyper focused and all of a sudden Vikings are on the clock and it's like oh Trey Lance is there wait Justin Fields is still off on the board that's interesting oh Matt Jones is still sitting out there at 14 huh what do you guys do if if one of those franchise potential franchise quarterbacks what will they five do? year rookie scale contract what would they do and what would you do? Which is probably two separate answers. Well there's three there's three th- there's three things here. One is they would move backwards. They they would trade out. I'm convinced of that now. Like they they have put their lot with Kirk. Like they think Kirk can do it. And and they are I think they're convinced that they can win a Super Bowl. I disagree completely, but I think that they are convinced that they can do that. And so I don't think they're going to take a quarterback at fourteen. Uh, what would I do personally if one fell to me? I would take one. I, I would take a quarterback. I, it's worth the, it's worth the gamble because if you're right, you've solved the problem for a long time. Uh, but the third thing that I'm convinced of now, there is this is all smoke screen smoke screens to mockers. That's what this is right now. These guys are not falling. That the whole fields thing is such a rope a dope. It is such a public rope a dope. 
Dude, he, he's okay. He's been pressured now into doing a second pro day. Yes, but you I mean, see that new, he's doing a second pro fall, day because of all this. He ain't fallen. He'll be gone in in the top eight. He ain't fallen. There is no way. This is what this is. Is look. I feel. I feel sympathy. I guess because it looks. It looks to me so dumb. And this guy's not dumb. He's smart. The Orlovsky thing last week about there's questions about this guy how hard he works. Blah blah blah. Okay. Fields has no questions about that. Like, that's BS. That's put out by people who want it out there because they somehow think, see, this all goes back to how much time time teams will spend on their own mental capacity trying to fool different teams when, when it probably w- would be better spent to do something constructive for your own team. This is all put out there as a smokescreen. And and the problem is the majority of teams don't buy this crap. He will be gone. Mac Jones, I don't know. I, I think Mac Jones is going to go, and I'm not sure that that's smart or not. I don't know what I think of Mac Jones as a pro prospect. But Justin Fields will be gone by pick seven or eight. I think it was the Panthers putting out all the smoke screen because the Panthers were sitting there at eight for yeah. so many weeks just like, oh, my God, the first five – Guys are going to be off the board by the time it gets to us, and they—I bet the Panthers are planting. All right, hey Orlovsky, this guy's—he's lazy. Yep, nobody's going to want him. It's just just trying to get someone to fall, and then they traded for Sam Darnold this week, and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, all that stuff we said about Fields. Never mind, he's great. We love Fields. <laughs> d- 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 don't worry about it. It doesn't matter to us anymore. We've got Sam Darnold. Doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would, boy, like if right now my plan would be. So I agree with you. I think I think they would trade back. And I and I think there's I, I think there's a better chance of one of those quarterbacks falling. I don't think it's Fields, but I think Trey Lance could still be there at 14. He's he's raw enough. There's not enough tape on him, especially against good opponents, to where like I could see him falling out of the 10, and then and then maybe once you get to the teens, then it becomes like do the Patriots want him? Um, if I'm the Vikings and I'm running the show, I've spent the entire off season really building for this year and a big bounce back in 2021 and my defense is all ready to rock in the top 10 again and maybe top five and and I'm and I'm now I'm looking to put a couple final pieces to this puzzle to win as many games as possible I'm looking for an offensive lineman I'm looking for an edge rusher right like right. that's my focus but that's that's a super narrow view of drafting the we need to win this year and pick the best player for this year but if you have a quarterback who's mobile, let's take Trey Lance, for instance. Maybe Trey Lance has to sit for a year and just study, do what Pat Mahomes did, right? And do what Aaron Rodgers did for three years back in the day. But he's ready to be your starting quarterback on a rookie-scale deal with four years left in 2022, and he could be a 10-year guy, mm-hmm. right? Kind of a coin flip because it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. If you ignore that because we need we need quitty pay for 2021 – I mean, that's. I don't think that's the prudent way to go about front officing. I think like the the draft is here to help you now for sure, but the draft is meant. I mean, you bring up the 2005 draft all the time, where the Vikings were coming off an MVP season with Dante Culpepper, and like I I don't think the Rodgers. I'm not ripping them for not drafting Rodgers, but like Aaron Rodgers was available for every team, and a lot of teams were like, "Oh, we're pretty comfortable with our quarterback right now. We don't need Aaron Rodgers." Right, and they passed on one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Right. So I think if you if you don't have one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the NFL, you should have your radar up, especially for guys who are mobile and can make your offensive line look better. 
So I would strongly consider, if Trey Lance fell, I would strongly consider making that pick, even though it helps you zero for 2021. Your head coach will not... Like, your what you said, I agree with completely. The head coach of the Vikings currently doesn't give a damn about Trey Lance. He only cares about how can I stop him eventually? How can I devise a defense to stop him? This guy ain't no good. Dude, I can. He, he would be apoplectic if they made that pick. <laughs> he, right? well, he what, what would he... He'd, he'd probably quit or be fired. He'd have to be fired. It just wouldn't work. Remember when the uh, when Stone Cold gave the stutter to the to Vince McMahon? Did the like did the hi- like he was hyperventilating on the, that? That would be Mike Zimmer when Trey Lance's name's announced at fourteenth overall. <laughs> yes, amazing. Dex, would you take Trey Lance at fourteen? No, I do not. If if the run on quarter, if if Lance and Fields are available, I'm I'm trading back. Someone's going to trade up for them. Someone's going to want them more. I think. If you could get if you could get a second round pick back, it would be nice. Yeah, right? if you can move back, you know, five six spots and also like recuperate a second round pick, I'm in that camp. I really am. I, I think that'd be the more wiser thing to do. That's how where I'm at. About this time last year, didn't we go through the same exact thing with Tua? That there were that Tua had yeah. had bad press and that there were he might fall. And I think we talked about how far might Tua fall. And I said he's going top five. Fields, I won't say top five. I'll, I I will not be surprised. But he's gone with an eight. Trey Lance, to me, I just don't know. Because when you don't play a, like you play a showcase game, one showcase game, I don't know. But I think if nothing else, if he starts to fall within the top 10, I think somebody comes up and gets him. I mean, quarterbacks are just, if you find the guy, you're set. Like you are set. So I just, I don't see a scenario. Um, where where you see a guy start to free fall and now oh now he's at fifteen now he's at twenty I I think that the Rogers draft it wasn't the be all end all but it was a very very good cautionary tale about oh I'm going to quarterback yeah me too I pass I think I'd rather make a mistake at QB than be wrong I agree so like, so many I I think you you've just hit on by the way that if you ever are wondering, what's Judd and I have done a show together for seven years, what's the biggest sports argument we've ever gotten in? It was the day that Judd said the Vikings deserve criticism for passing on Aaron Rodgers in 2005. Twice. And we literally fought for like two hours into phone calls. <laughs> they took Erasmus James. Yeah. And, and Troy. Troy yeah, Troy went number, was it the fifth? Seven. Was, okay, yeah, like the seventh pick or in the yeah. Moss trade. And Erasmus then was like Erasmus was like something. 19. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's aggressive. Yeah. They passed him twice. Wow. That was, uh, that was but really anyway, bad. anyway, if but, but, you get on, that but, guy, you know, but you just brought up real quick to put a bow on this and we'll get to the Peter Schrager 1.0. Um, I think sometimes we forget we being everyone who watches football that quarterback influences like 50% of winning. You can't put a hundred percent of team wins and losses on quarterbacks. And I and so I agree. Like when when people scoff at quarterback wins, yeah, like you can't. Like Drew Brees had the worst defense in the NFL for three years and went seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. But a lot of other quarterbacks would have went three and thirteen with those defenses, right? But I think quarterbacks are like fifty percent of how many games you're going to win, how far are you going to go in the playoffs. And so if you nail that, if you get a guy, a guy better than Kirk even, that can lift up a bad offensive line more than Kirk does, right? A guy that can rise up in moments of pressure against great teams. And, and those are the instances that Kirk doesn't really perform as well in. Statistically, you can look. The last four minutes of the fourth quarter, he's not very good. 
Yes, the Saints game was amazing. Yes, the Broncos game in the regular season was amazing. But, like, how many times are we going to cite those two instances in a six-year starting career? He's good, not great. If you find great at that position, it fixes a lot of the things that we sit and nitpick on the Vikings roster year after year after year. Mm-hmm. You think, team, like, like finally Russell Wilson, after, like, 12 years, that roster has eroded so much in Seattle, and they've whiffed on so many draft picks that it becomes glaring. But, like... There was a lot of years where the Seahawks didn't have a great interior offensive line over here or a running back over there, and like you barely noticed because they were still going eleven and five and putting up you know twenty eight thirty points a game. So if you think a guy like that is going to fall to you at fourteen, you should be open minded, even though you're all in tunnel vision for two thousand twenty one. You guys want to see what Peter Schreiger thinks? It's I want to see this huge trade. What, what do you got here, Philly? Okay, come on. Let's um let let me pull this up here on the old screen. And we'll dive into this. You can already see the first two picks here, or at least the first. Yeah, you can see the first two picks. Sure. And for the uh, for the audio audience, we will guide you through this. Today's, ooh, we're less than a month Love away it. from that. Love it. Can't wait. Yeah, we're like three weeks away. Yeah, maybe three Let's weeks go. away. Um, today's midweek mock is presented by our golfing loving friends at PXG Minneapolis, a golfer's paradise. In fact. It must feel great to just oh. nail that first round pick. Like if you're the Jaguars and your second round pick is important too, but you basically draft Trevor Lawrence and then you go, you have a tea time lined up. You're Urban Meyer. You got a big cigar in your mouth. I just found my franchise quarterback for 15 years. I'm going golfing. I'm going to grab those Gen 4 golf clubs from PXG, the best performing clubs PXG has ever made. Uh, maybe I'm putting on my PXG golf shirts, my hat. My my, if they have a PXG white belt that we're going to get Judd to wear, I think uh, I think that's the play. The spring and summer apparel from PXG has arrived. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. Find out more at pxg.com/slash/minneapolis. All right, midweek mock time. I want a mock. Mock. You guys can see this, okay? Right? Yep. Yep. Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. We got Zach Wilson to the Jets. So right. nothing too aggressive Mac, here. Mac yeah, Jones yeah. to the Niners, Don't okay. And then the first big oh. yep, Schrager bomb. Wow. And this is what's going to happen. Okay, I thought, like this, something bomb. like this going to happen. I thought it would be them. Something like this. The New England happen. Patriots trading up to number four for Justin Fields. Yep. This would be a trade that rocks the NFL, but I don't think it's too crazy. The Patriots don't envision having a pick as high as they currently do, 15th anytime soon. And this is their year to make a big move if they're ever going to get their blue-chip quarterback to develop. Fields was a highly recruited player who performed on the biggest of stages. And this year's first and second rounder, plus next year's first and third, could be enough for New England to get Atlanta to move back 11 spots. Yep. How about that if that happens? That would be very – that's pretty plausible, though. Like, I could totally see that happening and not be surprised by it. Jamar Chase to the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, by the so way, I have, I have oh. not I, – I don't I don't know who oh, the Vikings whoa. pick. I have not scrolled down yet. Whoa, at six. Wow. Rashawn Slater so, to the Dolphins at six. So, Panay Sewell still out there, and Rashawn Slater jumping Panay Sewell. Interesting. But you know what? Here's what I love about Traeger. That's the type of thing that always happens in the real draft. Like like where 
this is the receiver that everyone thought, and then uh, and then the Raiders take a guy that was like yeah. sixth on Mel Kiper's board or something, right? That's true. Uh, and so this could happen. And and by the way, uh, we haven't gone through the uh, so we've been keeping track of all these mock drafts and the running tally of players that are most often mocked to the Vikings. To this point, Elijah Vera Tucker leads the pack. Five different mocks to the Vikings, and then Christian. It's been a while since we've seen Christian Barmore. But he is second with four mocks to the Vikings. And then Christian Derisaw and Quiddy Pay both mocked twice to the Vikings. So just keep that in mind as we go down here. Okay. So Rashawn Slater, six. And then we have another big trade. The Arizona Cardinals trading up well, from um, 16, right? Yeah, yeah to yeah. get Kyle Pitts. This is great. Great pick. So you'd have Kyle Pitts, you'd have DeAndre Hopkins. Like, oh my, that offense would be absurd. Kyler Murray throwing to him? Oh my God. Yes. I could see this too. I love I love where Peter Schrager's head is at here. Just That's a good Cardinals team that needs like one more great offensive weapon to go along with DeAndre Hopkins. So. No problem if they get Kyle Pitts. Okay. All right, down to number eight here. Carolina Panthers take Panay Sewell. Yep. Protect Sam Darnold. Broncos take Trey Lance at nine. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? That's also plausible. Huh. I get that one. Yeah, Drew Locke's there, but yeah, I get it. Declan's guy. Yeah, Just love yeah Drew Declan, Locke. you can stop with the Drew Locke love, okay? <laughs> George Payton doesn't believe that crap either. Patrick Sertan, the cornerback to the Cowboys. He, he's been he's been consistently mocked there, right? Pretty aggressively feels, mocked it there. It feels like most of the mocks we've seen has Sertan going to the Cowboys. The Giants taking Micah Parsons from Penn State. Okay. Not many defensive players here. How many? So we've had two, these are the first two defensive yep. players just scrolling up. Yeah. Yep. First two. So we got to get to the 10th and 11th picks. Eagles taking Jalen Waddell at 12. I like that. The Chargers. The Chargers. Taking Christian Derisaw, oh, tackle from Virginia Tech. I might hurt a little bit right there. Yeah. And then and that brings us. Well, I to think the I know it's going to overall. I think I know here. who it's going to be. I have not. So, so seen you it don't yet. know? Make a guess. I say. Who, okay, okay. Who, who who would you take here if if you're the Vikings? What are you doing here? Well, with the three tackles gone that I want, I have. It's an edge rusher, right? You want edge rusher? I have no. Here's the funny thing. I have two answers to this. I personally would probably take Elijah Vera Tucker here. I think Zimmer will be in Spielman's ear to take an edge rusher. Now, I think, isn't Devontae Smith still on the board? Just going to throw that out there. Yes, he is. But I I, just going to throw that out there. there. That'd be fun, but I don't think it's happening. All right, let's go down here and see what happens. At pick 14, the Vikings Uh, take edge rusher Quiddy Pay from Michigan. I want a mock. Mock! <laughs> if we're uh, if we're to believe the mocks that we've seen too at this point in time because we've seen a ton of them, this is a stretch. At fourteen, I feel like Quiddy Pay is falling in a huge range of the first round. Don't you guys? Yeah, we've seen him sort of late first round in yeah. some, and the write up is from Peter Schrager. Quiddy Pay improved every year at the college level and can play all three downs. He's as polished as any of the quarterback hunters in this class. Minnesota needs pass rush help. ASAP. A lot of people are overreacting to that. Like they definitely need another edge rusher, but people are overreacting to the low sack total last year. Daniel Hunter didn't play a snap for God's sakes. I mean, it's just well, yes, they need pass rush help, but they're not as desperate as some people are painting. And what do you, Daniel Hunter's coming back? And what do you address? Like, I don't know. I just want to see where some of these other guys go. Devontae Smith falls to sixteen. How about that? The and Lions that's a problem. Trade out and still get that weapon. And that's a problem in Detroit. Yeah. 
I want to see where uh, where uh, let's see here. Uh, J.C. Horn. So he he does not like Jaylen Elijah Bear Tucker. Where's Bateman? Uh, there you looking? I'm for? looking for Bateman. I'm trying uh, to find. He might Bateman. be second round. He fa- he's falling out. Oh my god, he's oh, falling man. out. Of there, first round. It, there is speculation that he will now go. Yeah. I I thought he was a top ten at no one Bateman. point. Interesting. Well, there you have it. You've got. We'll 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 add another Quiddy Pay. So Quiddy Pay. It's the third time that he has been mocked to the Minnesota Vikings, putting him <sighs> in third. I think, so far, I think Shregs might be right. I think Shregs. Exactly. I still think if, if they draft a defensive player in the first round, it means that they have that they have found a left tackle of some kind that they trust before then. Yeah. But in or, but in order to get Orlando Brown Jr., they probably won't no. be picking 14th in the first round. I'm telling you guys, I'll bet you both right now, ten bucks a piece. Opening day, Brian O'Neill is the left tackle. Yeah. It's the yeah. right tackle where they're gonna find a guy. And but I don't trust these jokers. I honestly don't trust this. Like and I this is what I'm about to say is going to be laughable, but I don't trust them. O'Neill at left tackle, potentially not a disaster, okay? Dozier at left guard, Bradbury at center, Ezra Cleveland at right guard, and Rashad Hill at right tackle. I don't totally trust them not to try that. I don't think I mean, the head coach thinks about these things. I really don't I, think he does. I think – here's where I will defend them a little bit. I think they think very highly of Ezra Cleveland, and I think they think Brian O'Neill could make the transition also if needed to left tackle. Sure. And I think they like Rashad Hill a lot. I think they look at Rashad Hill and say, you know what, if he had to be the starting right tackle because we shovel things around, wouldn't be the end of the world. And you could defend all of those things. But on the macro level, if you're going into 2021 and you're mostly in experimental cross-your-fingers mode with four out of your five offensive linemen – Yep. Or at least three out of the five. If yep. you trust, if you trust O'Neill and Cleveland wherever they wind up to be starters, it just doesn't. I don't know. It just seems too risky for me. It just seems, especially after you learned your lesson the hard way last year with pass protection. If if the first day of training camp, Dakota Dozier is in line to start at left guard, you're all fired. Like I will, not, I will replace you that day. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing at U.S. Bank yeah. Stadium. I don't I quit, care. What, I quit the show if that happens. I don't I'm, care what I'm you're going. doing at the tackles. I don't care what you're doing anywhere else. You could have the greatest, you could field the greatest team of all time. But if you come to me and are like, you know what? We're going back with Dakota at left guard. You're all fired. I love it. I love it. Reckless speculation. That's a, that's a wrap on this reckless speculation among friends edition of Purple Daily. If you want more reckless speculation Thursday, we do it every Thursday on Mackie and Judd, which is our other daily show. Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. We've got the scoop of Doogie. We've got Royce Unchained, and now 10,000 Swings. It's Masters Weekend if you partake and celebrate. And so check out our weekly Minnesota golf uh, podcast called 10,000 Swings as well, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And, boys, for, so I know we promised a backup quarterback meat and potatoes discussion. I think that's going to happen on Four Question Friday now, tomorrow. A lot of things to discuss. Sean Mannion's a free agent right now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so oh no, really he, no he is. It really concerns me. Look out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they lose him, what's next? <laughs> All right. For Judd, for Dex, for Phil, we'll see you guys tomorrow.